People don't believe me when I say that the future is Christian nationalist and that it's going to start here in the United States. Well, think again. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being with me today. As always, such a pleasure to be with you and to speak about very important things. Today, we are speaking about something that I have talked quite a bit about quite a bit about in the last couple months, year or so, especially through my End Time series, and that is Christian nationalism. Today, we're really going to get into it, so make sure you subscribe and make sure you do so through that website link in the description. If you're not already subscribed, that is the best way to stay in touch with me, whether you want to contact me personally or whether you want to watch my content ad-free, that is just the best way to stay in touch. So make sure you do that because I do not trust any of these platforms. But today we are continuing this ongoing conversation, and I will put a link for my end time series in the description of this episode because it is something that needs a lot of context because if this is news to you like if you if if you've never heard the idea that the future is christian nationalist and it's going to start in the united states or you think i'm crazy there's a lot that you need to learn i don't mean that in like a sarcastic mean way i mean just there's a lot that you need to learn there was a lot that i had to learn coming from a premillennial view thinking that okay there's a thousand year period that jesus is going to reign in jerusalem i was never a dispensationalist thank god but Ultimately, all these things really, they unite in a, in a lie, in a lie, which is this idea of a millennial kingdom that's in the future. <clears throat> that's, that's some material kingdom. It's a false golden age. And that false golden age is right on the horizon, folks. It really is. I don't think people realize how imminent this reality is. We are living in the generation. I believe personally, I mean, I've looked at everything. If you look at my end time series... I have a um, like a resource with the series that I've created. It's like an Excel sheet or a Google Doc, whatever. And it's a visual outline of all the prophecies in Daniel and Revelation. And because I'm visual, you know, I'm like, okay, I got to make sense of this for myself because it is kind of tricky to piece them together from different books. It's hard to it's hard to visualize them, especially if you go the historical route, which you should, and and to see how these things are fulfilled in history. So I put together a timeline and I look at the timeline. I'm like, okay, we're like at the end of the end here. We're in the 11th hour. And so this is my point. I don't think a lot of people realize how close to the end we really are. I don't know when Jesus is going to return, but I do think that this is the generation, our generation that will see the mark of the beast, that will see this final system of the Kings pledging their power to Mystery Babylon, which, surprise, surprise, if you don't know who that is, that's the Catholic Church, the Catholic system, the mystery religion. That is, it's the continuation of all the mystery religions and the mystery traditions and the Babylonian Empire and the Persian Empire and the Greek Empire, the Roman Empire. It's the little horn power. And it's the first beast in, in Revelation, which has all the qualities of the beast before it. It's Mystery Babylon. And Mystery Babylon will come to power. She will be worshipped, she will be obeyed, because God has decreed that in order to separate the elect from the non-elect. Now, I believe that if you're elect, you will learn the truth. You will learn the truth, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, 
but you will learn the truth because no elect will be condemned. So that's my goal. I don't know who is elect out there. Obviously, we, we don't know the heart. You can never comment on somebody else's election. I don't think that's proper. But at the same time, from my perspective, you know, I, I don't know who it is. So my goal is to get this information out. So if this episode opens some eyes for you, or if you know maybe somebody that needs their eyes opened, send it to them. Share it with them. Because these things, nobody is talking about this stuff. Very few people are. And, and there, there are people talking, but there's not enough. Most people are talking about either Israel, you know, whatever's going on in the Middle East, we got to focus there, what, what the Jews are doing, which, by the way, I'll put a link in the description for this episode for another great resource for you. It's a documentary called Why the Jews Are Not God's Chosen People. That may ruffle some feathers, but it's the truth. Go watch it. A lot of great research in that episode, in the, what's well, a documentary, it's not really an episode, but a lot of great research, a lot of time I put into it, and you will have a comprehensive list, both from the Bible and from history, to prove to you beyond a shadow of a doubt why the title of that documentary is true. So go watch it before it gets taken down, or go subscribe on my website and you'll find it there in the Bible study section. But nonetheless... This is the thing. Not a lot of people are talking about it. And the future is not a deep, dark, deep state, globalist, atheist situation. The future is Christian nationalist. It is a false golden age that people will think we've made it. Maybe there's even going to be a false Christ. I've talked about that too. Certainly there's a lot of, you know, support for that idea, and, and there's a lot of things that suggest maybe that they might go that far and pull off an appearance of Satan masquerading as Jesus. A lot of things on the horizon. You know, the Bible warns us about false teachers, false converts, great falling away, the image of the beast deceiving people, false prophets, false Christs, Matthew 24. All this, this signs and wonders, the image of the beast, false worship, the mark of the beast. It warns you about all these things. It also warns you about the evil of success, many, many places. The evil of wealth. Now, it doesn't mean if you're wealthy, that's a bad thing. It just means wealth ultimately competes with something that only God can provide, which is certainty. Certainty is a fundamental human need. And because wealth competes for that, and, and steals your attention away from really the only person that can give you certainty, the only place, which is when you place your faith in God. Trust me, I know that walk very well because I put my, my certainty in money many, many years. And God taught me a good lesson, but nonetheless, it was a needed lesson. But the point is this, wealth, the dangers of wealth, the evils of success, the, the evil of taking credit for the outcome. Look at post-millennialism. And all these other, you mean, all these views, many of them are based on a synergistic view of salvation. Again, if you don't know what that means, it's okay. It just means the belief that we have to do something in order to procure salvation. Whether it's having faith or if you're full-blown Catholic sacramental system, there, it's a wide spectrum. But they're all ruled by the same idea, which is that the onus of responsibility is on man. And therefore, man gets the credit. But nonetheless, that's a different can of worms. Very controversial today, unfortunately, as all truth is. But post-millennialism is, is based on the fundamental idea 
that we have to inaugurate this Christian golden age, Christian nationalism, in order for Christ to return, meaning the return of the Son of God, the most prolific event in human history, is dependent upon something that man has to do. Do you see the the real problem there? Not only just theologically, but now you're setting yourself up for the devil to counterfeit Christ. You really are. And that's why this stuff is so dangerous, because people will believe that it's the truth. But nonetheless, it's it's this belief that we have to create this golden age. And so what does the Bible actually tell you? The Bible tells you that God is sovereign. It warns you against the evils of taking credit. It warns you against the evils of success. It warns you against the evils of wealth and prosperity and, and you know, we're going to win. And all these things that are being, you know, peddled everywhere with, with the coming, coming golden age. You'll see what I'm talking about. We have a lot to talk about today. And I really hope it's going to be edifying because all these all these evils that I just mentioned play into Christian nationalism, into the reality that is coming, that is going to unify church and state. It's going to unify everybody under one mentality. And people will think it's a good thing because the Bible has told you so, that God has decreed this to happen. You are not getting out of it. It's happening. So you have to learn the truth, be able to walk the narrow road, do not swerve to the right or to the left and help others see the truth so that you are mentally, emotionally, physically ready for when these things become a reality. Right now, they're brimming under the surface. They're brimming under the surface. That's why, again, not too many people realize it. But again, if you have, if you have eyes to see and if you've watched any of my recent episodes and the news updates, just go to the news section on my website, danceoflife.com. Go to the news section, click on the... Uh, whatever, News Archive or whatever it's called, I forget now. But you can search in there. It's got a great search engine. Type in Christian nationalism or whatever. Just look through the look through the list of episodes of the news updates. You'll see a lot of them on Christian nationalism and you'll learn quite a bit. Also watch my end time series episodes like The Image of the Beast, The Mark of the Beast, The Second Beast. All these things are relevant. They all, they all tied together. That's why you really need context. So if this is news to you, really suggest you go watch my end time series. The first 10 episodes are going to be about the millennial kingdom, the nature of the millennial kingdom, so that you're not, you know, duped into this idea of a future millennial kingdom. Because the millennial kingdom is now. Jesus is king right now. He's ruling in heaven as the remainder of, of prophecy, you know, fills out. There's not that much left, but he's reigning in heaven. When he returns, he returns to destroy the enemy to put an end to this system once and for all, to resurrect people, and to judge, and to inaugurate eternity. That's it. There's no, there's no millennial reign where he has to reign physically while his enemies are being put under his feet. That's a, that's a satanic inversion. Because that sets you up for the false Christ to reign in Jerusalem while his enemies, i.e. the true biblical Christians who see the truth, need to be put under his feet. See how this works? It's it's really crazy. It's really crazy to think that this is a possibility. But nonetheless, the, the coming system is not this big, bad, deep state thing. It is a false light system. Revelation 17 tells you that the kings of the earth gave their power, or will give their power, to the woman riding the beast. Again, I told you that Mystery Babylon is the Catholic Church. If you don't agree with that, if you've never heard that, watch my end time series. I have two episodes on this particular topic. Very, very important. 
beyond a shadow of a doubt who she is. Gives you, the, the Bible gives you ample enough, like overboard evidence, so that you really, you can't get this one wrong. Very, very important. But nonetheless, the point is this. Is there a precedent in history that we can see, because history does repeat itself, is there a precedent where the kings of the earth gave their power to the Catholic Church? The answer is yes. For over 1,400 years, from Constantine all the way through the French Revolution, the papacy ruled with an iron fist. Now, the papacy officially took power in 538 AD, you know, but it was Constantine started the church-state union, which was Christian nationalist and which persecuted people for Judaizing, meaning keeping the Sabbath on the seventh day rather than the day of the sun. There's precedent that I go over in, in many, even in my Sabbath series, which by the time of this video, I just started. So go check it out. The first episode, at least, just watch the first episode. Why the Sabbath matters. You'll learn the truth, because I kind of go over some, some important history there as well. And we're going to go into some deeper history as we go in the series with all this stuff that I'm talking about. But there is precedent for these things. The devil's done this for hundreds and hundreds of years to believe. In fact, most of the, most of the last 2,000 years were Christian nationalists, were Christian nationalist years where the kings of the earth gave their power to the beast. Most of, if you realize most of the last 2,000 years was a Christian nationalist system. And then it kind of went underground a little bit with this whole French Revolution thing where now we have two parties, left and right. But if you realize the Hegelian dialectic and how the devil uses duality to bring about the, the, the next thing, the, the dialectic that emerged from the French Revolution is designed to bring you back to the mother church. I talk about all this in the French Revolution episode, who started the French Revolution, the Jesuits, who fomented it, secret societies, all these, there's so much to talk about. There really is. And if you're new to this, I really encourage you to go and get edified. But nonetheless, if you think I'm crazy, continue watching and watch my series and you'll learn the truth. Now, let's get to all the stuff that we need to talk about, because the first one, I can't even believe I'm reporting this, but... I should say, I can't even believe this is real. I can't believe this is real, but it's real. It's, it's definitely real. This is a, I don't even remember what the name of the church is called, but it's a gun-worshipping church. Not, they don't worship guns, but they're, they're, they're using guns to worship. So let's see what the gun-worshipping church has to say. All right. Let's, let's see this. When you have armed citizenry and they try to do evil, they get shot quickly. They get punished fast. My name is Hyungjin Sean Moon, known as also Pastor Sean, or known as also Second King. My father is the Reverend Sun Moon, Moon, who believes is the Lord of the Second Advent, and he has created a kingship line, of which I am his appointed heir and successor. Notice really quick how all of these things, again, there's just so many patterns. If you see them, you see right through this stuff very easily. Notice how there's always some special line of kings or authority that's given to there's a justification for their existence so just keep that in mind because none of this is from the bible whatsoever they take in fact they take the whole idea of the rod of iron literally meaning like we got to rule with christ with guns it's crazy but just watch the bible is very clear in showing that christ requires us to be judges over the nation judges no he doesn't oh 
workers of the wicked to rule with a rod of iron. I convey the message from the second king about the Lord of Iron, but their reaction is, you're so wicked and you're in a cult. Are you trying to... You are in a cult. Wake up. Appeal to all the pro-gun people of America. I'm not telling you how to do your job, but it seems like a massive opportunity for your church. To be a king, you're going to have territory, and you better have a means to f keep that territory. Pastor Sean and God working through him. He's taking the problem. Okay, really quick about that territory comment. Yeah, real kings in in the old monarchical ages had a territory, physical territory, and they had to protect that territory. However, conquering with Christ and ruling with Christ as of the New Testament, like everything else, hello dispensationalists, is not physical but spiritual. Conquering with Christ in all the instances in Revelation where he says he'll grant you to sit with him on his throne, like the letters to the seven churches, or he's going to give you a crown, or when Paul talks about getting the crown, is Paul talking about getting the crown in a sense like he's going to rule like a physical kingdom? Or is this a spiritual symbol of conquering death, which is so much more important, infinitely more important? All these things about conquering and ruling with Christ have to do with the way that Christ conquered. How did he conquer? He prayed for his enemies even when they were crucifying him. He was quiet like a lamb when he was being led to the slaughter. He submitted to God in full trust and faith. This is what it means to conquer. But if you have eyes of the flesh, which all of these people do, and you'll see the pattern, it's it's all comes back to the physical world and the, and the fleshly carnal way of reading the Bible. Whether you're a dispensationalist or Christian nationalist, it's always the same thing. So hopefully you notice the pattern. These people take the, the rod of iron and all this stuff to mean guns, and we need a territory, we got to defend it. Is this what the Bible calls you to? Really militant Christianity? Absolutely not. Just look at history to learn the truth. But anyway, I, I don't think we're going to watch too much more of this. Let's see. Confidence of God forward. In the scripture, it says, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Now that on earth is literal, okay? He is no longer talking about, let's just wait till we die and the kingdom comes. Oh, we're going to build this here and now. Do you, see, do you see again the same attitude? We're going to build this now. Well, yeah, in some sense, they have the right idea that we are going to be on earth. We're going to be resurrected. And... At the end of time, 1 Corinthians 15, God will be all in all. Creation's going to be renewed. Holy Spirit's going to renew all of creation. Everybody's going to have a resurrected body. Evil's going to be gone. Paradise will be here. Yes, we'll be in a renewed creation. Then heaven and earth will be, it'll be on earth as it is in heaven. That's the culmination of all things. But until then, what is this idea of the kingdom? If you're a Christian nationalist and you are a synergist, meaning you believe that it's up to you to do something, then you believe that you have to build this physical kingdom. Do you see how the devil takes some truth and flips it upside down and gets you to be enslaved to the material world and to create his counterfeit, really? That's what this is. It's a counterfeit of Christianity. The kingdom is here and it's growing through the gospel. And because God is sovereign, also a very important point, because God is sovereign, that kingdom will reach its fullness whether you do something or not. And if you don't believe that, then that means you don't believe in a sovereign God. 
Now, it doesn't mean don't do anything because we're convicted. We each have gifts. We each have desires to contribute to that journey and outcome. But that's from God. The belief that you need to take control and build a physical reality here is fundamentally what will walk people right into the false counterfeit age. So I want you to pay attention to that theme because it's going to be throughout all of these things that we're talking about. Psalm 2 and also Revelation 2 says that the believers will rule the rod of iron. Oh. Okay, I don't think I'm going to watch anymore. But look at this crowd. I mean, you. this to me is just so much pride, man. I mean, really. What, what did Jesus say about, you know, doing things that attract attention to yourself? Like doing godly things that, like, like the Pharisees did, or even like the Jews do today with their prayers on their heads and wrapped around their arms. I mean, all these things, again, the devil is very, very clever. The devil is so subtle. The devil comes dressed as good intentions. The devil comes dressed as the truth. He's, he knows how to counterfeit. He knows how to fool you and to, to tell you, oh, look, what you're doing is a good thing. It's totally based on the Bible. You see, look, it says right there, rod of iron. And if you don't have discernment, or if you're not even born again, who knows? I can't speak on, on these people. They're certainly very deceived. Very, very deceived. But when you see something like this with a... With a um, like a crown of bullets and he's just putting it on and everybody's got their own crown of bullets. Like, what are you, what are you doing? You trying to, what are you trying to say? This, the Bible is about spiritual things. It's about what is inside. It's not what's on the outside and militant. He's got his little AK 47 gun pin. He's got a camo suit. I mean, you are just bringing so much attention to yourself. Christ was homeless and he was a humble teacher. He associated with people. He did not ever use violence. The only time that we could probably even get close is when he flipped tables to kick the money changers out. But did he kill anybody? No, absolutely not. Did he instruct anybody to go out and conquer the world for him physically? Did he tell you that that's something that you need to do? No. He told you to go proclaim the gospel. He told you to rejoice in suffering. He told you to take up your cross. All the all the apostles were martyred, dude. They were martyred, and they were humble, and they were homeless, and they suffered. We're being conformed to that image, to Christ's image. And that means everything but materialistic realities. These are materialistic realities. These people are extremely deceived, but I want you to see that. Because they think that they have God on their side, that God is is telling them to do this. This is the coming reality, folks. These people are so fanatical and so convinced that they're in the right and they're willing to take it by force. This is the future. It was also the past. So wake up. Wake up to the truth. Gun Church, you can look it up. <clears throat> Plenty of stuff on that. Now let's talk about Nick Fuentes. LaGrange Park Racist seeks death of non-Christians. He targets Jewish people and those who worship false gods. He calls for killing them when we take power. 
we're going to look at... Now, this is, of course, these are... Here's the interesting thing that I find. These are articles from, obviously, the left. It's a, it's a leftist-leaning article, and that's fine. I'm not leftist anyway, but the point is I want to show you that as the right exposes the left, meaning as the light or the white hats expose the dark hats or black hats, whatever, the, the deep, dark, deep state, as one exposes the other, the other one is also crying to you. And you'll see this because there's a few sources here that are from the left that are pointing to this rising counterfeit. They're pointing to this rising counterfeit and in screaming. And of course, you know that the left is the bad side, quote unquote. But it's funny because you'll see that they're also exposing the right. But most people have lost all credibility in the left. The left is, you know just been so discredited by their own shenanigans that now it's like a boy crying wolf. But yet, if you understand where the Bible is telling you the history is headed, it's really interesting to see these articles now that they're exposing this, this truth, which there's truth in these articles. They're telling you the truth. Many call for peace on earth in the Christmas season. Nationally known LaGrange Park racist Nicholas Fuentes is doing the opposite. He's pushing for the death penalty for non-Christians. Nick Fuentes, who at, le who at last check still votes in LaGrange Park, has grabbed headlines in the past. In November 2022, Fuentes and Kanye West, who stirred controversy over repeated anti-Semitic comments, dined with former President Trump. I talked about this. I talk about it actually in my Image of the Beast episode at Mar-a-Lago. In his recent podcast, Fuentes said he was focused on occult elements at the highest level of societies, particularly Jewish people. So many of the people perpetrating the lies, the destruction of the country, they are evildoers. They are people who worship the false gods. They are people who practice magic and rituals or whatever. True. Now, you see, this is funny. They're both telling you the truth. Nick Fuentes is telling you the truth here in this particular sentence. And the article exposing him is also exposing some truth, which is just so fascinating. But people are always so polarized and they don't walk the narrow road. They don't see both sides. Fuentes said, more than anything, those people need to be, when we take power, they need to be given the death penalty. This is going to be a recurring theme. And the Bible warns you that this is what happens in the future. Now, of course, some people are going to deserve it, but what is that, what that's really targeting, what those reforms and future type of changes we'll be targeting is really the people who believe in the Bible. Those are the ultimate enemies. They're going to come for the low-hanging fruit first, the deep, dark, deep state, the LGBTQ alphabet, you know, the communists, all these things are going to be first. And then the last group, the tastiest group, the one that she wants most, Mystery Babylon, is the Bible-believing Christians. So wake up. He said he was more concerned about such people than he was about non-whites and mass immigration. These are people communicating with demons and engaging in this sort of witchcraft and stuff. True. He's not wrong. These people are these people that are suppressing the name of Christ and suppressing Christianity, they must be absolutely annihilated when we take power. Now he so you the first one's true. You see how this works? That's why you have to have such discernment people. The dialectic is, is a dialectic because there's truth on both sides. That's why it's a dialectic. It's not the full truth. It's just enough to pull your energy to this direction. And then you realize, oh, there's some lies over here. So the other one's like, no, 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 come over here because there's, there's some truth over here too, see? 
Look at all the evils of the left. So you go to the right now. Oh, the right is the truth. But if you don't have discernment, you realize that they both have just half of the truth or whatever, part of the truth. But they have some truth. And this is why, look, a counter, a good counterfeit. Let's think about what it means to be a good counterfeit. When you go, like I remember I used to go to New York, Chinatown, when I used to travel for all my dance competitions. And we go to Chinatown and they had some, some decent counterfeits of like, you know, Louis Vuitton or whatever else. But how do you know? Well, unless you're like a, you know, a real pro at recognizing how these things are made and you know how to, how the seams are made and, you know, you have a lot of experience, then you really can't tell. But that's the point. It's got some truth in it. It looks like the real deal. So a good counterfeit, keep this in mind and remember it, must have some truth in it. In fact, a good counterfeit is going to seem like the truth. That's why it's so dangerous. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a counterfeit. But you see, go back, go back to now Nick's statements. He says, there are people communicating with demons and engaging in this sort of witchcraft. So, yes, this is absolutely true. Absolutely true. On both sides, by the way. But anyway, now, now that he's got you and he's built rapport, yeah, there you go. You're right, Nick. I've noticed that too by watching BitChute. Now he tells you, these people that are suppressing the name of Christ and suppressing Christianity, okay, enemies, they must be absolutely annihilated when we take power. Now we're marrying Christianity and discernment with militant action. Do you see how that works? Once he's ruffled your feathers with the truth that they're evil and they, they practice witchcraft, now he introduces the lie. Now, again, he I don't, I'm not saying maybe he's even conscious of this because he's very deceived. He's very deceived, obviously. But this is how manipulation is done. Your emotions get affected first, and then comes the inoculation of the particular view that is a lie. In this case, that Christianity needs to be militant. Who was a student body president before he graduated 2016. So look, there's, there's some more things we're going to watch on Nick Fuentes, but Nick Fuentes is very popular. He, he, he went to dinner with Trump and with Kanye West, and, and these, these people are agents of the thing that's coming. It's all, it's just one side versus the other. They're both occult. They're both evil. It's just one looks like the real deal because it's the false light. But the dark was created so that the false light would look better. If you've watched my French Revolution episode, I go into great detail about this. The dialectic that you see today between these two sides was created in the French Revolution. The bad cop is there to make you adore and love and see that the good cop is reasonable. He's a reasonable guy. Yeah, you're right. There are really evil people doing witchcraft and government. Maybe they should be put to death. Then once you go with that, then well, now maybe anybody who disobeys the government should be put to death. If you're not doing particular things that, are, that we deem as Christian, maybe you should be put to death because you're like those guys that we had to kill before with, uh, you know, with the death penalty and, and all the witchcraft that we're doing. Maybe you're like them. Are you a heretic? Hmm. Keep your eyes open and learn to study history. Okay, let's see what, I think this is a video. Yeah, let's watch. Let's watch and Back. see what, what good old Nick has to say. Okay. 2020, the censorship made everybody aware, counterintuitively, of George Floyd and COVID and the election and things like that. But I feel like now that there's a real free speech 
culture on Rumble and TikTok and X. It's actually the more difficult subjects. It's really the third rail subjects like Israel, the Jewish issue, race. Uh, these are the things that are really on the menu now when we have a some kind of commitment to a truly free speech culture. So it's been a really exciting year. I feel like never, never before since I started the show have we had this kind of penetration of the mainstream with our talking points and our ideas. It feels like everywhere you look, people are calling for me to be unbanned on Twitter. They're talking about Israel. You know why? Because he's telling you some truth. He is telling you some truth. Not, he's not telling you the full truth, but he's telling you some truth. He's exposing to you what the left is hiding. And by doing that, he's, build, he's building rapport with a lot of people. As you can see, people are begging for more. Really influence. They're talking about a return to tradition or to Catholicism. They're Oops, wait a minute. Let's, let's rewind that for a second. Nick, did, did you say what I thought you said? to tradition or to Catholicism. They're talking about hmm. race in very explicit terms. And I feel like last year was really just the beginning of that trend. So as long as we maintain this beachhead with these alternative tech platforms, and if we could expand upon that, it seems just like inevitable. And it really, again... It seems inevitable. It is inevitable because the Bible predicted it. And God accomplishes all that he predicts. Now, you notice he said, oh, these alternative tech platforms. You have to realize that everything is designed, people. Everything is choreographed. Things like Rumble and X and BitChute and all these. This is just... It's giving life to the other side so that there is a dialectic. It's not like these things are genuinely made by people who want the truth and who are wanting you to be just so enlightened and so free. No, it's designed for creating the wave and the momentum for what is coming, which is the image of the beast. And it's contingent on things remaining the same. What I'm about to say, uh, what I'm about to say is contingent on us retaining the X platform and Rumble and TikTok, which by no means is a given. Because, of course, there is intense regulatory pressure against TikTok. The usual suspects, the activist groups like ADL and, and others are trying to shut down Rumble and X. And True. These things are happening. And you see, they're happening by design because the left and the right are supposed to conflict with one another. And then, and if you get sucked into that dialectic, you perceive that somebody like Nick Fuentes, who's getting banned and censored by the big old bad ADL or whatever, you know, censoring activities, maybe he is telling the truth. He's a martyr, obviously. Do you see what's happening? It's, again, the bad cop is there to make the good cop look bad. That is the whole point. The devil has darkness and false light. Those are his weapons. Everywhere you look. The false light is the one that he ultimately wants to implement because he wants to be worshipped. The darkness is there to oppress you, to kill you, to destroy you, to make you despair and want for a savior. But he jumps right in at the right moment. 
very subtle. Genesis 3 says the snake was more subtle than any of the creatures that God had made. He jumps right in with the false light to rescue you with his material salvation after he's destroyed you. Gives you a little truth. No, no, come this way. Don't, don't look for Christ. Come this way. And this is what happens because he wants to be God. Moving on. And mess with Elon Musk in other ways. So it's by no means a given. But it would seem that as long as these things remain, as long as these platforms remain the way that they are, uh, it's apparent that we're making up for a lot of lost time and we're making up a lot of lost ground. Yeah, so I, I guess the video's over. Um, there is a lot of lost ground being made up because things are moving faster and faster. Since the French Revolution, it has gone faster and faster and faster. This is the point of the dialectic. It's like an oscillation. Left, right, left, right, left, right, da 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 boom. Christian nationalist, new world order. And you're seeing more and more divisiveness because the more they divide, the faster these things can alternate and get to the desired outcome. They're not just going back and forth. They're moving up and up and up the Kabbalah tree. From this side to that side, this side. And what's at the top of the Kabbalah tree? It's one point. It's one integration, one capstone, just like on your dollar bill. That's the point they're moving to, the false light world system. That's what's coming. And you have to see waves of that system, like little things like this with, with somebody like Nick Fuentes and what he's doing, what he's commenting on. What, is, what does he think? We're going back to tradition and Catholicism, maybe even. God forbid, but it's going to happen because it has to, to glorify the Lord, to glorify his plan of salvation through election, and to glorify him as the ultimate judge of the earth when he returns and destroys this system, which is going to be all over the world. But let's watch another video. <laughs> this is, again, from the left, but the left is telling you the truth. They're both exposing each other. But people don't pay attention to the left anymore because the left has really, you know, discredited itself through its shenanigans. Nick Fuentes is a neo and something. At the America First rally on Sunday evening, he called for the holy war against the Jewish people. He vowed that he and his club of Christian nationalists will make them die. My goodness. Let's see what Nick... If a Gentile hates a Jew, he must be killed. But when a Jew murders a Gentile, there will be no death penalty. Do you think it might be a problem that the people... Now he's reading from the Talmud there, and if you've studied the Talmud... If you know what's in that book, there are a lot of really, really incriminating bad things in that book. And people can tell you all day long, that, oh, maybe you're just not reading in context. No, they're very straightforward. In fact, there's a lot of even context that proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Talmud is a very racist book. But he's reading from it, so he's revealing to you some truth. He's revealing to you some truth. There are one in your base that are making the movies your children watch. You think it's a problem that they believe that all Christians must die? Yeah. It's a big problem. It's a huge problem. We're in a holy war, and I will tell you this. Because we're, we're in a holy war. to die in the holy war, we will make them die in the holy war. <laughs> Applause in the whole room. And they will down. We have God on our side. What did I tell you? 
we have God on our side. Probably the most atrocious crimes in human history, whether they're from the Catholics or from the Muslims or from whatever, has always been, usually, by people who believed that they had God on their side, that they were doing God's will. It was the false light, not the dark. And they will go down with their satanic master. They have no future in... Satan is not just the dark. Remember that old chessboard in one of my previous episodes? It's, it's, a, it's a meme of like the, you know, the well-manicured hand playing chess against the evil claw dark hand. And you know, you know that one's Satan for sure. And this one, well, it's probably Jesus. But you don't really see whose hand it is. But in fact, if you understand all of the stuff we're talking about, Satan's actually under the chessboard and he's playing himself. He's got one hand that looks good and man, that's the... That is that must be the good hand. He's got the evil dark claw that's designed to scare you and oh no, I don't want to deal with that one. Let me let me go to this guy. This is the point. So what you see when he's when he's saying, Oh, they're satanic masters. Well, guess what? Christian nationalism is satanic too. It's the false light. Lucifer masquerades as an angel of light. That's what the Bible tells you. He seeks to counterfeit God. He seeks to counterfeit light. So the idea that Satan is only the dark, only the liberal left, only, you know, whatever, you are missing out on, you, you're having a huge blind spot, let's put it that way. You're missing out on the greatest deception that's coming on the horizon, which is the false light. In America, the enemies of Christ have no future in this world. Now, that's true. Again, there's truth there in the sense that, yeah, when Jesus returns, if you're an enemy of Christ, you will be destroyed. You have no future. You have no future in this world in the eternal sense. But now, in the context of everything he's saying, what does that really mean, enemies of Christ? You have to, you, you have to know your history. You have to be able to read through the lines, re read through what's being said. Enemies of Christ, in this context means anybody who opposes this particular system, i.e. somebody with discernment, like you or me, that can see through these things and says, this is antichrist, this is not wrong, or this is not right. And if a false Christ appears and you say, no, that's not Jesus, the Bible says we're going to meet him in the air. He's not ruling in Jerusalem for a thousand years. And now you're an enemy of Christ. See how that works? Thank you. God bless you. Good night. Oh my goodness. Where do we start with all this stuff? I mean, it's just so crazy. It is so crazy. But this is what's coming on the horizon. And if you do not have discernment, then you're going to be fooled very easily. Because again, they're both telling you the truth. And it's now time for the left to lose. Now, God has, used, God has used empires to judge previous empires throughout history. And right now, what you're witnessing is the destruction of the left. Judgment is going to come upon them. And God, as usual, uses other evil people to judge the wicked, the first wicked. And at the end, he judges them all and zips everything up. But currently, what you're seeing is that the, the left is being judged. So in some sense, again, there's truth to these things. That's why they're so palpable and so convincing. But you can't let your emotions get wrapped up. 
People say, oh my gosh, Trump is, you know, doing God's work. Well, in some sense, yeah, God is probably using Trump to judge the left. I don't mean that in, in the sense that Trump is good in any way. But listen, I mean, God used Sennacherib, an Assyrian king who was boastful and evil, wicked, to judge Judah and Israel and to destroy them. Now, he didn't destroy Jerusalem. That's when he got humbled. But God used Sennacherib to, to, to bring judgment upon Israel for being idolatrous. God used Persia to judge Babylon. God used Alexander the Great to judge the Persians. God used the Romans to judge the Greeks, and, you know, and so on and so forth. God used the barbarians to destroy the Romans for all their sins. And Attila the Hun, and so on and so forth. So what you're seeing now is just history playing out as usual. There's one side that is also evil that is being used to judge the previous side. So in some sense, they are doing God's work, but not in the way that they think they are, because it's a counterfeit. This one's that Trump dinner I was telling you about. Yes, Trump dinner is high point for Catholic nationalist influence campaign. This was in, yeah, in 2022. In the days after his recent dinner with former President Trump, rapper Yee, formerly known as Kanye West, reflected on the experience in a video posted on Twitter. Speaking to an associate, Yee said his own exchanges with Trump were tense. But as they dined, he said that the former president was practically glowing about someone else at the table, Nick Fuentes, the white Christian nationalist whom Yee had brought him with him to Mar-a-Lago. So Trump was glowing about Nick Fuentes, the same Nick Fuentes that you just saw articulating various things, which again, he gives you some of the truth, but then he, he laces it with poison, which is the case for all of these things. But Trump was glowing. Trump was, was glowing about all this stuff. Now, this is... Okay, was having a little trouble pulling this up. This is actually, we're going to look at a closer view of this picture because it's hard to see and I can't zoom in on Facebook, but... I want to, again, this is just the common attitudes of of the right currently, of, of where everybody is headed to. But I want, to, I want you to see the comments on this meme, and then we're going to look at the picture in a second. This person says, the new heaven and the new earth. This is called the good reset, by the way. It's gonna, you'll see it. It's a picture of a family hanging out and presumably their farm. And, you know, again, there's some truth to it. There's some truth to it. Finally, something I can relate to. You know, these people are, can't wait. People are like, can't wait. Oh my gosh, this is this is the thing. Brilliant. So people are very excited for this future reality that's coming. The good reset. What is the good reset? Well, there's a bad reset then that it's being compared to. Do you see? Do you see what's going on? But this here's what it looks like. This is called the good reset. It's this family. Now, if you're listening to this, you know, just um, I guess watch the episode because I, I can't really link it anywhere, but you'll you'll see it anywhere. You might be able to just type in the good reset and you'll see the good reset meme or something. Maybe it's popular, but I saw this floating around. I was like, okay, I got to talk about it. There's a man and a woman. All these things are labeled. So there, there's a guy and a girl and his wife and they're on a farm, presumably, with a tree and there's their kids playing in the tree, playing in the yard. And it's all these things are labeled to tell you like what's going to be part of the good reset, what's going to be part of the good reset? Clear skies, so obviously that's compared to contrails or chemtrails. Uh, naturally occurring 
naturally controlled CO2 levels. There you go. So that means no more climate change agenda. It's addressing all the leftist points from the right's view. No turbines, clean water, a man and a woman. Oh, you know what that's addressing. Locally produced chemical-free food. All these things look so good. They re- And again, they are good. This is how life was created, was to be good. God said creation was good. But then underneath it all, you see this cross-section of the earth, and it says globalist scumbags. And they're, they're just basically, there's this body, there's this, I don't know, like a graveyard, basically. There's so many skeletons under these people who are relaxing, which... This is just very morose if you think about it. If these skeletons are under their property, like, I want to know how these people, how, how did this happen? Because even if they were wicked, I mean, that's that's kind of weird to be hanging out over like a gravestone or a, a, a graveyard, like a mass grave of some kind. But anyway, I hope you see the problem with this. And everybody, of course, if we go back to those comments, they were like, oh, the new heavens and the new earth is coming Brilliant. The millennial kingdom, basically. Here comes the false golden age, the thing that's going to be so good. Now, again, there's some truth to that. There's some truth because, yes, that is on the horizon. When Christ returns, when he actually returns, we'll get resurrected bodies. We'll get a a paradise to live in with God himself. There'll be no more evil. There will be, you know, creation will be restored. All these things will be absolutely true. But notice how that's not what this is presenting to you. This is presenting to you the good reset. It's not telling you the eternal state. It's not saying when Jesus returns. There's actually no mention of Christ or God in this at all. It's just showing you a picture of what you instinctively have been programmed since the Garden of Eden to desire, which is a return to paradise, reconciliation with God. But it doesn't tell you the God part, it just tells you the physical part, the paradise, the good reset. Well, who's bringing about the good reset? Unless it's Jesus Christ, when he returns, then you're looking at a counterfeit golden age, which is what this is pointing to, because these aren't these people aren't resurrected. You see, these, these are normal bodies. This is a return back to paradise without the actual conditions that the Bible tells you, which is resurrection, a renewed creation. This is just a made better creation by how? How is the creation made better in this particular reset? Well, it tells you at the bottom, it says the globalist scumbags have been thrown away, defeated. The dark has finally been defeated by the light. Now we can return back to good old principles, good old tradition. Remember what Nick Fuentes said? Return to tradition, Catholicism, Return to the good old times of nationalism, when everybody cared about their nation and we were patriots and, you know, everybody was, you know, treated rightly as a citizen. Of course, if you obeyed, but not if you disobeyed the state, just like every other history, every other historical example tells us. It's nothing new under the sun, people. But this is the good reset. And again, if it's a good reset, that means there's a bad reset. That's what this is all telling you. This is, the, this is not the truth. This is the opposite of the dialectic. I hope you see what I see. I really do, because if you don't, there's so much to learn. MAGA prophet claims the Lord showed her the overthrow of the U.S. government in 2024. My goodness, so much to talk with Julie Green. 
And it's just, again, people don't have any discernment. There's so many like her too. This is fusing into a charismatic evangelist, evangelistic, not even evangel, because I don't know, I didn't know what to call it. It's just a false, false system. Julie Green, who frequently shares messages she claims are sent from God on her Julie Green Ministries international streaming channels, has a history of controversial prophecies. Her past predictions range from the death of Democratic Representative Nancy Pelosi before the 2022 midterms. Did that happen? I don't think so. To the collapse of legal indictments against former President John, Donald Trump. In the latest vid- video posted by Ron Filipowski, editor-in-chief of the liberal media outlet's media's Midas Torch, Green delivers a potent message. My children, the time has come, a time that you have been waiting for. Notice how she speaks Again, like kind of in biblical talk, which it's just, if you have no discernment, it's so easy, so easy to fall for this stuff. Let's read her prophecy. A reinstatement, a shift of power, a new government in control, short sentences to make you feel dramatic, an overthrow, and a takeover in this nation from the hands of the wicked to the hands of the righteous. There you go again. We have God on our side. We're going from dark to light, baby. It's the wicked that need to fall. Well, we're not wicked by any means, even though the Bible tells you that everybody's wicked. And even, even after you're born again, you're still sinning. You're still, you still have a wicked human flesh. You have a new heart with new desires, and you're being conformed to the image of Christ, and you will be sustained, and you will endure. You will be saved. But your flesh is still wicked. You're not righteous in that sense. You're righteous because of Christ. But there is no such thing as the wicked to the righteous, like the way that she's describing it. She prophesies a significant upheaval, suggesting a coup is about to be disrupted and and annihilated with those involved exposed and removed. Now, who knows if she's being fed by the white hats or the other people on the other side with certain things and she's just part of the agenda or she's just very deluded or she's just taking what she sees from the news and inventing her own prophecies. Who really knows? I, I I don't know. Moving on. She has been a prominent figure at right-wing Reawaken America Tour. There it is. I've talked about the Reawaken America Tour so many times and how many people are associated with it. Reawaken America to what? There was a great awakening in America in the 1800s. It's actually two great awakenings. And they both had to deal with the Bible and gospels going out and, and people awakening to the gospel and to the truth again after the French Revolution. So if this is reawakening, what are we awakening to, I wonder? Hmm, that's a good question. Sharing the stages with figures like Michael Flynn, the person who is all about the seven rays of light and the prayer from uh, Alice Bailey, he copied word for word, practically, where Alice Bailey was ba- basically invoking the devil, Lucifer. Now she says it's Archangel Michael, but that's not the truth. Go go watch that prayer from Alice Bailey on the seven sevenfold rays or whatever they're talking about. It's all satanic. It's all the same stuff. And Eric Trump. Her close association with the Trump family has proven when Eric Trump appeared on her show, receiving assurances of divine protection for his family. Oh, Lord. Let's, let's see what the Bible has to say. Okay, this thing was choking up for some reason. 
Deuteronomy 18, verse 22, a verse that you must commit to memory whenever you are confronted with these false prophets. When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him, or in this case, her. Now, take what she has said, prime example with Nancy Pelosi being offed by the 2222 midterms. That didn't happen. So is she a prophet? The answer by the biblical standard is no. She's not a prophet. Now let's read from the book of Isaiah about false prophets. And there's so much stuff like this in the Old Testament. Again, there's nothing new under the sun. These people are not anything new. False prophets have been around for a while. Now Jesus warned you about false prophets in Matthew 24. And his words are coming true. Of course they are. This is Isaiah 30, I believe, and verses 9 through 11. A rebellious people. For they are rebellious people, lying children, children unwilling to hear the instruction of the Lord, who say to the seers, i.e. the prophets, do not see, and to the prophets do not prophesy to us what is right. Speak to us smooth things. Prophesy illusions, leave the way, turn aside from the path. Let us hear no more about the Holy One of Israel. There's so much stuff like this where the prophets are prophesying falsely. Now, if you, if you read the context of those situations where God rebukes these false prophets for prophesying falsely, what is the general pattern? What is the general pattern? Which is so important to understand. The general pattern is not that they're just making things up. That's part of it. The general pattern is that they're prophesying smooth words and good things that you don't need to worry about. We're going to win. We're, we're the righteous and the wicked are going to be destroyed and we're going to take over and all this good stuff that's out coming on the horizon rather than telling you the truth and putting the focus on God's glory, God's sovereignty. If there's a judgment concerning a particular nation, those prophets were inverting that reality and saying, no, no, you're not going to be judged. All good things. Everything that people wanted to hear. So again, the evils of success, the evils of the false light. The Bible warns you. And false prophets in general are prophesying things like, look at the prosperity movement. Look at the name it and claim it movement. The word of faith stuff. They're full of this kind of stuff where they are telling you good and, and soothsaying type things when in reality, you can't control reality. You cannot decree and declare things to happen in, in the universe. If God wants you to have a season of being sick or a season of poverty so that you learn certain things, there is nothing you can do to name it and claim it and decree it and whatever to bring that into your life. So anybody who's telling you, oh, I, I see a season of bounty for you in, in all these fortune-telling type, type prophecies, they're, they're false prophets. And this person, Julie Green, is no different. She's prophesying lies. And obviously it's true because if you compare what she says to what actually happens, there are many times when she said she was prophesying and it didn't come true. So was she actually prophesying? This is what people forget. If you mess up once, you're not a prophet. That's for darn sure. Because the prophets, the true prophets like Ezekiel, Isaiah, Jeremiah... Zechariah, all the prophets, 
they always spoke something that the Lord gave them, and it came true. There's not a single time in the Bible where Isaiah spoke presumptuously, or Jeremiah, or Ezekiel, or Zechariah, or Micah, where they spoke something and it didn't come true. They have a 100% consistent track record, and that should tell you something, because people who have blips in their prophecies, and then they do get certain things right, they're just fortune tellers. They're fortune tellers that are either getting fed, that are either communing, communing with demons. Remember the fortune teller that was exercised by the apostles? What does the Bible tell you? I didn't pull up that verse, by the way, but it tells you she was very successful. So the demons know some truth. They, they can peer in the spiritual world and see some things. They don't have the full truth because they're not sovereign. But she was very successful, the fortune teller. So these people who are prophets, quote unquote, they're not actual prophets, but they're presenting themselves as prophets. If they do not have a 100% track record, that is the sign from God that they are not actual prophets. Because every prophet has a 100% track record. You mess up once and you say that God was telling you, then that means you do not have actually communion with God as a prophet that you are getting your information either from your own mind and happening to strike it out and get lucky, or supernaturally you're being influenced by demons, which they have every interest to deceive people and to create these false prophets. But now we switch gears into some articles from CBN, which are very interesting. This is at the beginning of the year, beginning of January, this is, NY Bill, New York Bill targets Chick-fil-A's policy of being closed on Sundays. Oh, no. I want you to pay attention to this because it's such an interesting dialectic. Again, dialectical schemes. A battle over, over Chick-fil-A's closed on Sunday policies underway in the Empire State. Some New York politicians are angry that Chick-fil-A doesn't keep its locations open seven days a week. So you have one side of the dialectic, the atheists, the godless liberal left along with New York State 500 mile throughway. So they've introduced a bill in direct response to the beloved chicken chain Sabbath stance. This is how they get you. Look at these poor Chick-fil-A people that are trying to just keep Sunday and the, the godless atheist liberal left is just attacking them and their Sabbath. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. When is the Sabbath? Is it Sunday? No, it's Saturday. But you see how they introduce it? They make one to be a victim by the bad cop. The good cop's just trying to keep that seventh day, but it's not the seventh day. It's actually the first day. Sunday is the day of the sun. It was the day that Constantine, the Roman emperor, decreed for worship and for rest, changing the times and laws. And of course, the Catholic Church has bragged about its authority in changing God's law several times, which I cover in my Sabbath series, my end times series. It's, it's all over the place if you know where to look. Critics contend the measure is aimed at interfering with Chick-fil-A's plans to maintain its Bible-based policy. It is not Bible-based. But you see, these people think it's Bible-based because this is CBN. And CBN is part of the image of the beast, the, the Christian nationalist system that's being built in America. At future restaurants along with the New York Thruway. The bill introduced last month is another salvo and year-long political battle involving the company whose late founder, Truett Cathy, Infuses business practices with his conservative Christian values. What does that even mean? I don't know this person, but what does conservative Christian values mean? Because you could be a conservative Catholic 
and you could be a Christian nationalist, those could be considered Christian, conservative Christian values in quotation marks. But notice, again, I just, I, I laugh at this subtle, if you don't have discernment, you let CBN just wiggle its way in your ear. So the, the, the seven days, the atheist, godless, whatever left is trying to attack Chick-fil-A's Sabbath stance. If you don't scrutinize that statement, well, wait a minute, is, is Sunday the Sabbath? Then you have, have accepted that Chick-fil-A is now the martyr and that Sunday is the Sabbath. This is why the dialectic is so dangerous. They give you something to rattle your emotions. <gasps> Somebody's legislating against Christianity. Well, wait a minute. Before you freak out, what are we talking about exactly here? Legislating against Sunday? Well, Sunday has nothing, no consequence. Sunday is not the day of rest. It is not the Sabbath. It is the first day of the week. But moving on. Students need God. I love this article, and you're going to see why. School-based Bible program having positive impact on public school kids. An innovative Bible education program offered to public schools at Ohio and Indiana and Iowa is having a profound positive impact on students' academic performance, behavior, and emotional well-being. Well, look at that. They implemented a Bible program, and it's actually helping the kids. Now, that's a good thing. That is a good thing, but we got to read more. LifeWise Academy offers religious instruction. It's interesting. During the school day and thousands of students are seeing their lives improved by the curriculum. Dark Delight, from the dark of the public school system, which has been a liberal nightmare, to a more conservative religious-based system that's actually creating results. Interesting. New data confirms the program is also positively affecting public school metrics like attendance, instruction hours, classroom, and participation. The Ubermensch, do you remember what the Germans had in their culture, the ubermensch that's educated and refined and a productive member of society, and he's clean cut, the ubermensch, the superman. This is what is, now look, you gotta, you gotta read through the lines here. Yes, is it good for kids to be exposed to spiritual principles in the Bible? Absolutely. And absolutely it's gonna get results. But compared to the liberal left and the dark of the public school system, which has been a total nightmare, I mean, any move to the right, any move towards more conservative ideals is going to create results. So this is a very important thing where you, you have to realize that, yes, this is a good thing in the sense that these kids are getting some exposure to the Bible. But what is happening here is a, an, a legislation and a change of infrastructure, a change of policy that is changing the education system towards a Christian nationalist direction. Now, the reason I like this particular article is that it says, students need God. This is a quote. They need God. Now, what does that mean? Did they say students need Jesus? Notice that they always have a hard time saying Jesus. They have to always defer it to God because it's more general and you can sneak in your Christian nationalism and other things in that direction. Students need God. Now, compare this article to an article I've talked about many times, having to do with Pope John Paul II and communism. A Pope and a President in Poland. In a good war, in a good Warsaw speech, Trump invokes one of Pope John Paul's second greatest 1979, great 1979 orations. Yeah, John Paul orated in um, Poland right when, when everything was happening. And here he is, Pope John Paul, thousands upon thousands of people 
coming from communism, from the darkness of the left, to wanting God back in their life. But what are we talking about when we say God? Do we mean religion? Or do we mean the gospel? That's a very important point. The Polish government did everything it could to keep crowds down. Parade routes were kept secret or changed. State media would censor word of what was said and done. Grade school teachers told pupils he was a wicked man in gold robes, an enemy of the state. Does this sound, by the way, familiar to you, to the current climate in America between the left and the right and how they're demonizing one another? Very interesting, but they're both evil. And so it began on June 2nd in Victory Square in the old city of Warsaw, John Paul celebrated Mass. Halfway through, the crowd began to chant, quote, pay attention, we want God, we want God. Now, in and of itself, that's not a bad statement. It's a great statement. But in the context of what's going on, the man of sin celebrating a sacrifice of Christ through the Mass and people saying, we want God. We want back to religion. We want back. We, we want you, good cop. This bad cop has been really rough. He's He's been really rough on us. He's been killing people. He's been censuring people. He's been atheistic. We want you back. We want you back, John Paul. We want you back. Please, we're begging you. We want God. It's not the God of the Bible that they want. They want the God of religion the false light. And that's by design because communism, which is the extreme of the left, is designed to push you into nationalism, which is the extreme of the right, which is what it was for hundreds and hundreds of years. It was a Christian nationalist empire. And people were losing grip of that with the Reformation. That was a real thorn in the papacy's side. So there had to be something that happened, especially with the monarchs too, who were kicking out all the Jesuits because of their schemes, something had to happen. And so the French Revolution happened. And the French Revolution brought about the left and the right dialectic to bring people eventually back to what the papacy enjoyed for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, which is a Christian nationalist system. But we want God. Now he asked, what was the greatest work of God? Man. Who redeemed man? Christ. Therefore he declared Christ cannot be kept out of the history of man in any part of the globe, in any longitude or latitude, the exclusion of Christ from the history of man is an, is an act against man. Now, <laughs> if you know how to interpret Pope speak, he's not talking about Jesus. He's talking about Catholicism. That's what he's talking about. And he's giving, he's wrapping it in the truth of Christ, which yes, it's true. You, you cannot stop Christ. You cannot stop the gospel. You cannot stop God's plan of salvation. You can't stop Christ from returning and enacting judgment. All of that is true. But the packaging that he's, that the package itself that he's delivering to you is really Catholicism. Wrapped up, again, counterfeit has to be convincing. Even those who oppose Christ, he said, will inescapably live within the Christian context of history. Do you, do you understand what's baked into this statement? They will inescapably live within the Christian context of history. It's unstoppable, folks. And Christ is not only the past for Poland, he's also the future, our Polish future. The chant turned to thunder, we want God. Reminds you of that article we just wrote, students need God. Because again, dark to light. The education system has realized that the left has failed. 
So what's the answer? Well, the answer is the right. No, the answer is the narrow road. But in this case, because the world is moving from dialectic to dialectic, the answer, quote unquote, is the right to the left. Yeah, look, they're getting results. Their attendance is going up doing all this nationalistic stuff and bringing religion back into schools. John Paul was speaking not only to the faithful, but to the rulers and apartchicks of an atheist state. Dialectic. Good cop is speaking to the bad cop, making himself look good. He did not explicitly challenge them, of course, because he destroys many by peace. That's what Daniel tells you. He spoke only of spiritual matters, and yet he was telling the government that Poland is the faith, and the faith is Poland, i.e. Catholicism. And there's nothing communism can ever do to change that. Who started communism? Do you know? It's the Jesuits. In fact, they, they played their little communistic games in South America for about 150 years before the French Revolution. It's really profound. Paraguay, I believe, was the country. More, he was saying, God is real. And God sees only unity. God sees one unity of Europe. Is that really? Where does it say that in the Bible? Oh, I know. I think I know. I think it's in Revelation 17, where the kings of the earth are giving their power to the woman riding the beast. Yeah, I think that's where it says that God sees a unity in Europe. It's true. He does not see east and west divided by a wall or a gash in the soil. Do you see what he's saying? No more dialectic, folks. It's now time to unify everybody back to the mother church. This east and west stuff, you know, we don't, we don't want division, right? Let's have some world peace. Well, who created the east-west dialectic? Hmm, it's the person talking to you. The next day he spoke outside the cathedral in a small city of Gniezno. Again, he struck only spiritual themes. Nothing about governments, unions, fights for political freedom. Indirect snake talk. That's why. Because first off, he's the one who created communism. Not Pope John Paul specifically, but the Catholic system, the Jesuits. Quote, does not Christ want, does not the Holy Spirit demand that the Pope himself, a Pole, the Pope himself, a Slav, here and now should bring out into the open the spiritual unity of Christian Europe? Gosh, this is so fascinating. People forget. You know, I've had people tell me on some of my videos about this, that, oh, it's never going to happen in Europe. Europe is just, we're all beyond that religion stuff. Really? You really think so? You must not know your history, my friend. Whoever thinks that way. First off, read between the lines. This was back in 1979. This is just 50 years ago. Not even. A little under 50 years ago. And... Christian Europe. Well, yeah, Europe was Christian for most of the last 2,000 years. Christian nationalist, to be specific. And right now, with all the liberal stuff that's going on, with all the Muslim refugees, with all the liberal destruction that's going on, what do you think the purpose of that is? Do you think there's no more Christians, no more white nationalists in Europe, no more Christian nationalists? The same way that people chimed and, and were screaming, the chant turned to thunder. We want God. We want God. Well, what do they actually want? They want religion. Because they've been pushed so far to the left that the only natural response in that traumatized state is to desire the false light. Now, the same thing's happening right now with this destruction of Europe. It is designed in order to bring about the system. But it's not going to happen in Europe first. It's going to happen in the United States because the United States is the false prophet by many signs and wonders which I speak about in my series that 
will bring about this reality and then it will be exported to the rest of the world. God's army protest. This has happened in the last couple of weeks. These truckers that call themselves God's army going to the southern border for rallies to basically protest the ridiculous immigration that's happening at the southern border, which is true. Again, there's truth to these situations. But again, they spin the truth into your emotions and then they add and lace some poison within it. A convoy of protesters who have deemed themselves God's army, telling you, this is the pattern. God's on our side. We're doing God's work. Will reportedly make its way to the southern border next week. Now, this is January 27th, so a little bit like two weeks ago. As tensions arise between Texas and the Biden administration, the organizers of the, quote, take our border back convoy say their mission is to stand up against globalists. So, oh my gosh, you're starting to see a a regular theme here who claim they are conspiring to keep the U.S. border open and allow illegal immigrants to cross from Mexico. This is true. It is true because it's designed to bring you back into Christian nationalism. You cannot be fooled by the dialectic. Don't enter into the dialectic. Realize that everything has a purpose for everything else. This is true. The borders are being opened. It's obvious. But what is the purpose of that? It's designed to make you revolt and get reviled at the fact that your country is, quote, being taken over. So it's designed to evoke in you an emotional response, a response that says, I need to take control of this and bring about the solution which is the lie from the Garden of Eden that underpins practically everything else. Quote, this is a biblical monumental moment. Biblical. The Bible never talks about border control in Texas. That's been put together by God, one person said on a recent phone call. Another one said, we are besieged on all sides by the dark forces of evil. Notice how evil in this case, which it's always been in these things, is dark. Remember the two hands playing chess? There's a dark hand and there's an evil looking hand. That's the evil one for sure. It can't possibly be the well manicured hand. That's very clean and very friendly looking. The one that seems like it's out to help you. Can't possibly be that hand. It's got to be the evil dark hand with the claws. That's, That's what true evil is. No, true evil is the thing that looks good. Remember, Adam and Eve fell because of seduction not because of intimidation. So when you think that the evil in the world is the obvious one of the two choices, your discernment is lacking. The group is calling on active and retired law enforcement, military, veterans, elected officials, and other law-abiding, freedom-loving Americans to join the cause. Their goal is to, quote, shed light on the obvious dangers posed by wide open southern borders, according to the news release. Yeah, there's truth to this. I mean, look, it is crazy what's happening with the borders right now. It, I mean, you don't have to be of any political leaning to just see, like, this is ridiculous. You've seen videos, people are just, like, by hordes and hordes of people just crossing and just who knows where they're from, what they're doing. Nobody's making an effort to document them. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You, you should be concerned about that. But again, law-abiding, freedom-loving Americans, there is this sense that op- opposition to tyranny is obedience to God which is a fallacy. In fact, it's the opposite. Because the Romans were tyrants, the Pharisees were political tyrants, and what did Christ do? Did he oppose them? He opposed them spiritually. He he rebuked the Pharisees, but 
Did he violently oppose them? No. He went silent as a lamb to the slaughter. He prayed for their forgiveness. So this idea that, that resistance to tyranny is obedience to God is a Christian nationalist idea. It's not the truth, and it's how they get you. You're, are you a law-abiding citizen? Well, yeah, I'm a law-abiding citizen. I don't want to be a, a lawless citizen. Well, then good, you're on our side. Well, how about you walk the narrow road, which is realizing that this is a dialectic between the dark the dark forces of evil. Well, guess what? There's also the light forces of evil. Do you know about that side? Do you know what that side looks like? They look like this. They look like God's army who thinks that going to the southern border is a biblically inspired move of God. Total delusion. Total delusion. This one's from the Vatican. Good old Vatican. We got we to gotta get the Vatican in here because they're pretty much the ones orchestrating everything. Catholics in North and South Korea pray together at Mass for Reconciliation. Another dark to light example. A special Mass for Reconciliation is celebrated at the Cathedral of Seoul, carrying on the tradition of peace initiated initiatives started in 1995 and celebrated by the Catholic community on both sides of the 38th parallel. So there's Catholic communities on both sides of North and South Korea. Interesting, because North Korea is communist. But wait a minute, wasn't communism used to bring about Christian nationalism? To bring about the emergence of the Catholic faith? If you saw my episode on China, and what's happening there with the Pope, and with Catholicism, with state-run Catholicism, and the bishop deal that they have, a billion, over a billion people in China, going from dark to light, there's this dialectic where the Catholic Church is emerging from the rubble of communism, the dark evil forces of, of atheistic suppression has now allowed for the, the phoenix to emerge in its false light, which is Catholicism. It's profound, really, how these things are orchestrated. Vatican News. While world, while, while world concerns have risen in the recent days over the tensions between North and South Korea, on January 9th, in Seoul and Pyongyang, the Catholic faithful gathered in prayer to invoke peace and reconciliation Fides News Agency reported on the Mass for Reconciliation taking place in the Cathedral of Seoul, an initiative started by Cardinal Stephen Kim in 1995. I wonder if he's a Jesuit. I didn't really look it up, but maybe. And carried forward since then with celebrations of the Eucharist in moments of prayer involving the Catholic communities on both sides of the 38th parallel. The Mass, celebra the mass celebrated on January 9th, marked the 1400th Eucharist for Reconciliation, giving witness to the Church's prayerful attention to the Korean Peninsula's journey of peace. It's a journey of peace, folks, and that journey of peace leads to Christian nationalism. Because there will be a peace, there will be a false peace, there'll be a golden age. The Bible warns you about it over and over again, where the kings of the earth will give their power to the woman who is the Catholic Church, and the woman rides a beast, which is a Christian nationalist system. Very, very interesting. But this is in South Korea. So you're seeing these trends of dark to light, dark to light. China I covered previously. This is the Korean Peninsula. You look at the Europe going from dark to light with Poland as an example. Very recently with the whole communist to back to religion. We want God. You look at the educational system in the U.S., you look at the liberal left versus the conservative right in the U.S. All these things are happening. You have to have your eyes on these threads 
because they are intersecting in the future in a Christian nationalist reality. CBS, inside the secular church, this is such a fascinating article, inside the secular churches that fill a need for some non-religious Americans. Have you heard of secular churches? I haven't. This is the first time for me, and it was fascinating. Shared testimonies, collective singing, silent meditation, and baptism rituals. These are all activities you might find at a Christian church service on a Sunday morning in the United States, of course, because the United States is the false prophet. We go by Sunday. We go by the Rome dictate. But that's another can of worms. But what would it look like if atheists were gathering to do these rituals instead? Isn't that fascinating? It's just so fascinating. Today, almost 30% of adults in the United States say they have no religious affiliation. And only half attend worship services regularly. But not all forms of church are on the decline, including secular congregations or what many call atheist churches. Gosh, this is... What a phenomenon. It's just so fascinating. As a sociologist of religion who has spent over 10 years studying non-religious communities, I have found that atheist churches serve many of the same purposes as religious ones. Oh, Lord. Facepalm. Facepalm is real. Their growth is evidence that religious decline does not necessarily mean a decline in community, ritual, or people's well-being. Atheist churches, man. So even the atheists are coming around to the idea of a common reality, which is institutionalized religion. Isn't that just fascinating? The atheism is part of the dark, and yet the dark is coming back to the light, to the mother church and its traditions. Fascinating. That's probably, I think, one of the most fascinating ones I've read recently on this particular topic. Couple claims, new LA Christian nightclub is vision from God. Okay, let's read about this. This is a couple that is starting a new, possibly a, a line of Christian nightclubs, but a, a Christian nightclub and see what see what's in their mind. The husband and wife founders of a new Christian nightclub launched last month in Los Angeles, California, claim that God gave them a vision. There you go, God's on our side, to create a space where Christians can fellowship and have a high time in the Lord. My good golly. The nightclub known as the Saved Social Club was launched by Jordan and Cassandra Ramble in the heart of North Hollywood last December, in the heart of the Jesuit Hollywood creation, which is basically where all the false signs and wonders are coming out. Now, if you know your history, I'm going to have a future episode on this. Jesuit Hollywood. If you're watching this in the future, maybe you can go search for it. But nonetheless, you, you know that Hollywood was actually originally a Catholic tool before it became dark and liberal and, you know, more Jewish focused in certain terms of who is influencing what. But Hollywood itself was originally a Jesuit Catholic tool. Now, if you know anything about the Jesuits and their theaters in Europe and how they influenced people and propaganda and narratives. They were doing this for hundreds and hundreds of years before Hollywood. Hollywood was the, the pinnacle. It was the cherry on the Sunday of all of that work. So isn't that funny how this, this social club phenomenon, a Christian social club, is now starting in North Hollywood? I don't know. I just found that interesting. The parents of four have been married for eight years and are showing no signs of stopping. Well, congratulations. We want to quickly explain the vision that God has given us for a Christian nightclub, y'all. It's very simple. 
It's going to be believers coming together to praise God through dance, music, and fellowship. What does this even mean, man? What friendship do you have with the world as a Christian? It's really that simple. We're going to have a DJ there. There's going to be performers there and overall a high time in the Lord, y'all. Period. Cassandra Ramble explained before they held the first gathering of the club on December 1st, 2023. So this is coming up. This time we are in great expectation that God will continue to increase this work for his glory, they wrote. Yeah, God will glorify himself no matter what we do, in the sense that everything will glorify God. But the fact that these people think that they're hearing from God, and God is going to not only that, but he's in, they are expected to be increasing this. We expect this. This is a name it and claim it movement. You can tell just from the language that there are charismatics who who lust for signs and wonders, who, who, oh my gosh, it's not faith unless it's a concert or a spiritual experience. I mean, who knows what's going to be happening at these clubs? Deception at its maximum. Charismatic quackery. The Rambles explain on their website that the club is a, quote, safe haven for Christians seeking wholesome entertainment. <laughs> we'll see about that. There was... There were so many people that had this idea, and what I believe is God went around and just sprinkled the idea to certain people. Sprinkled the ideas. That's what he do. He goes and sprinkle the ideas and see who gonna catch, who gonna make it come to pass. Cassandra Ramble said in the video on TikTok's page that it appeared... <laughs> Again, do you see the pattern that it's you that has to do something? If you believe in a sovereign God of the universe that has determined things for his own glory then the God that she's describing is not the God of the Bible. The God that you see in the Bible did not go to 10 people like Moses, and then Moses was just happened to be the one that took initiative because of his free will. No. God chose Moses specifically. And in fact, Moses is famous for telling God to find somebody else five times and testing God and wanting signs and being very doubtful. The original doubting Thomas was Moses in, the, in that sense. But nonetheless, Moses was very meek. He, he, he was just there. God chose him, revealed his glory through doing all the signs and wonders through Moses, through persevering him, through giving him the strength, even though he was probably an introvert. If you see how he just didn't like dealing with the Israelites because it was a lot of conflict all the time. So, nevertheless, God persevered him. God didn't go here and there and like a little bumblebee and just trying to see which flower works. God, excuse me, God had God had a sovereign plan that he was orchestrating and revealing through Moses. And the same goes for everybody. With Jeremiah, he says to Jeremiah in the call of Jeremiah in chapter 1, that before you were born, I formed you and appointed you to this purpose. So the God of the Bible works on a level that we can't even fathom because he works outside of time and space to predetermine things for his glory. Whereas from our perspective, it seems like we got to go here, we got to go there, we got to do this. That's not how God works. So obviously you, my friend, not you on the video, but the person I'm quoting here, this woman, I forget her name now, Cassandra Ramble, she doesn't understand the sovereign God of the Bible, meaning she's not hearing from God, which is very clear from the very fact that she wants to start a Christian nightclub. But anyway, so whatever God is sprinkling in your ear, 
to do whatever God is telling you to do and giving you a nudge to do, it's your job to execute. How do you know if God is giving you a nudge? I'm telling you folks, Christian nationalism, another thread that goes into this is the charismatic movement. I've talked about this before. It's, it's fascinating how it's all coming together. But again, who created the charismatic movement? The Catholic Church. The Catholic Church created a charismatic movement. Look into it. And I talk about it in my series, In the Image of the Beast. But this is, this is the feeling. Oh, if God is sprinkling in your ear, well, how, how do you know if God is talking to you? How do you know? This is the thing. But you can tell she's a charismatic. If God, there you go, God just told me. Well, how do you know God told you? The answer is you compare it to Scripture. And if you have discernment, you would never, ever believe that God is telling you to start a nightclub, Christian nightclub. Moving on, because guess what God told my husband? As you go, you will know. As you go, you will know. This is mysticism. This is just like, just go with the flow. Like, don't think. You'll just, you'll just figure it out. Meaning, you'll know as you go. Rely on your instinct and your intuition. I.e., don't use discernment. Did God tell you that? No, because God tells you to be sober-minded because the devil prowls around like a, ro- like a roaring lion. As you go, as you take the necessary steps to get it done, she said. Me and my husband had no idea what was going to happen. We just was obedient to God. Well, maybe the God you're being obedient to is not the God you think. Maybe it's the God of this world. He said, do it. We're doing it, period. And what I love about God is this, and we all know that scripture acknowledge God in all your ways, and he will direct our path. There you go. Throw in a little, little scripture verse for you to make sure it's Bible-based. That's exactly what we are, a living testimony to say that we did it. She continued. So these people are very deceived. And it is, again, it's part of the coming system. Dark to light. What was the club life that was happening up until now? And it's still happening. The club life is liberal. It's very progressive. It's very dark. I used to be in the club life. And if you have been in the club life, you know that it's a very dark place. But now you got... The other side, popping up. The light is coming to the light. Everybody's going to be embracing this Christian nationalist stuff, so that we're going to need some place to hang out and have fun. The charismatic movement is taking over the United States. False signs and wonders. All these charismatic people are going to love this idea of a Christian nightclub. Why not? We can have our worldly, you know, excuses, but we can put a little Christian bow on it. We can have... The marriage of the two things, which is Christian nationalism. Very, very deceived. And I hope you see the truth. I really, I really hope people are waking up to these things, man. This is now, this, I love this. Then imposture Christianity is threatening American democracy. This is an old, old article. It's from 2022. It's July by CNN. Now, again, CNN is, they've really discredited themselves, but the left is telling on the right. They're warning you ahead of time. This is, of course, about the January 6th thing, and it's showing you pictures of these people who are obviously Christians, fanatical Christian nationalists that think that um, the U.S. was founded as a Christian nation. Let's read a little bit about this, actually. One of the most popular beliefs among white Christian nationalists is that the U.S. was founded as a Christian nation. The founding fathers were all Orthodox evangelical Christians, and God has chosen the U.S. for a special role in history. They're telling you the truth. Do you see that each side is telling on each other? But the left, it's time for them to be judged. So their their cries of the truth are going to be swallowed because nobody's paying attention to them. Unless you know what the Bible actually has to say. 
But the notion that the U.S. was founded as a Christian nation is bad history and bad theology, says Philip Gorski, a sociologist at Yale University and co-author of The Flag and the Cross, White Christian Nationalism and the Threat to American Democracy. It's a half-truth, a mythological version of American history. This is absolutely true. I cover this in my second Beast episode, An Image of the Beast. Some founding fathers did view the founding, the foundation of the, of the nation through a biblical lens. Gorski says, every state constitution contains a reference to God for the divine. Yeah, but the main constitution has only one mention of God, and the Declaration of Independence has nothing. You can go search it for yourself. There's no mention of God in the de Declaration. The constitution has one mention of God, and it's like this weird naturalistic nature God. It's not the God of the Bible that's sovereign. But many did not, and virtually none of them could be classified as evangelical Christians. They were a collection of atheists, Unitarians, Deists, and liberal Protestants and other denominations. This is absolutely true. People don't realize, yes, the Puritans were Christians, so when they came to the Americas, they were Christians. But America was not a country. They were colonies. By the time, 100 years later, when the Declaration of Independence happened and America became a country... It was run over, it was run through by all these atheists and Unitarians and deists and secret society members, Illuminati members. All these people were, were not biblical Christians by any stretch of the imagination. Thomas Paine was not a Trinitarian. Thomas Jefferson uh, ripped out pages from the Bible and created his own version of Christ. They were deists. They were, you know, people who, again... If you understand the history of, this, of the United States as the second beast, then you see how the Bible is so brilliant when it says the power comes out of the earth, i.e. nowhere, becomes just as powerful as the first beast, meaning a world superpower, and it looks like a, looks like a lamb, meaning Christianity, but it speaks like a dragon. It looks like a lamb. It looks Christian. It, it's got all the looks on the outside of Christian Christianity but it actually speaks like a dragon. And there's much to be said about that. But this is a funny article from CNN. An imposter Christianity is threatening American democracy. Now, of course, we know that the word democracy, this is a buzzword from the left. But again, there's truth to this. The left is telling on the right. And as they go down with their blood-curdling screams, they're telling you some truth. So pay attention, even though CNN, most people don't pay attention to CNN anymore, hopefully. But it's interesting, nonetheless. This is the book, uh, I believe, that was just, yeah, Why Christian Nationalism is a Fundamental Threat to Democracy. Philip Gorski and Samuel L. discuss the new book, Flag on the Cross. And it's true, these people are exposing to you the truth. Now, of course, they, they again, every side has its biases, so you have to learn to walk the narrow road. They, they have to say white Christian nationalism. They have to add the race card in there and, and spin it with a, you know, it's, it's white people that are doing this. Well, no, there, there's more than just white people being Christian nationalist. The charismatics are walking the road to Rome. Every, all roads lead to Rome, man. The charismatics are walking that road. The Christian nationalists are walking that road. The right conservative Trump-following MAGA people are walking that road. There's a lot of people, even the dispensationalists, believe it or not. It's it's really weird how it all works out. But all roads lead to Rome. This one, gosh, you know, two more articles for you that are just 
mind-blowing. Speaker, Speaker Mike Johnson hosts traditional Latin mass in the U.S. Capitol on anniversary of the FBI memo. Radical traditional Catholics, quote, who were targeted by the FBI as potential domestic terrorists, i.e. the dark deep state, the globalist deep state, was targeting the Christian nationalists, the radical traditional Catholics, who could have been a, a, a problem to their system, because again, it's a dialectic, the good cop, bad cop. Gathered in one of the vaulted reception rooms beneath the chamber of the House of Representatives last week, in the invitation of the Speaker, and Rep Representative Jim Jordan. So Jim Jordan and Speaker of the House, which no surprise there, orchestrated a traditional Latin mass to honor all those fundamentalist Catholics, militant Catholics, who were targeted by the big bad deep state of the FBI. Do you see how this works? Consistently so. Dark to light, dialectic between the globalist entity, which is the dark, and the Christian nationalist entity, which is the light. But it's designed that way so that there's tension and pressure and force so that the Christian nationalist reality can burst through the ground and reemerge as the victorious phoenix. So fascinating. The traditional Latin mass was offered within the walls of the U.S. Capitol beneath the chambers of Congress. What a weird occult. I mean, if you know anything about this stuff, like, that's just a red flag. On the one-year anniversary of the infamous FBI Richmond memo that identified radical traditional Catholics as potential domestic terrorists requiring surveillance because they hold that life in the womb is sacred and marriage can only be between a man and a woman. Poor radical traditional Catholics who hold to some good beliefs in this case, in this particular case of, of life be beginning in the womb and the marriage being sacred. But radical traditional Catholics are also militant. They also believe in the sacramental system. Catholicism also teaches that there's no salvation outside the Catholic Church, which, by the way, Mel Gibson, who's a radical traditional Catholic, totally advocates. You're not saved if you're not a Catholic. That Mary is a co-redemptrix. That you have to go through the sacramental system. That, you know, all these different things. You have to be part of the church. That's radical traditional Catholicism. Yeah, otherwise, you're a heretic. Do you know how they punished heretics in the past? Well... Go read your history books. You'll learn. Look at the reformers. Look at the Inquisition. A lot to learn there. Last article for the day. The world's coolest dictator set to win election by massive landslide declares victory. This is February 5th. El Salvador President Nayib Bukele, who has dubbed himself the world's coolest dictator, was elected to a second term Sunday. Today, El Salvador has broken all the records of all the democracies in the world. Since democracies have existed, never has, project, has, the, has a project won with quality of votes that we have won today. Bukele said in proclaiming victory Sunday night, according to CNN. El Salvador went from being the most unsafe country, dark, to the safest, light, false light. Now in these next five years, wait to see what we're going to do. Wait to see what we're going to do in the next five years, Bukele said, according to Reuters. I've told you over and over again that little by little throughout the world, everything is moving from dark to light, from the communist globalist old way of doing things to a nationalist system that is embracing certain things that are good, but nonetheless, it is a nationalist system that will be able to pledge its allegiance to the mother church when that mo moment comes. 
Nayib Bukele is expected to win re-election tonight in a sweeping victory. Why is he so popular? He did what he was elected to do. He cracked down on crime. He jailed criminals and gang members. And murder rates dramatically decreased by 70%. So there's getting he's getting results. Just like that educational system with the Bible being put in public schools. They're getting results, man. It must be the right thing. It must be the right thing to do. There's some, here we go. El Salvador President Nayib Bukele is set to obliterate the competition. In El Salvador's re-election or election gathering over 80% of the votes. So he's a very popular guy. He's the coolest dictator, of course. Bukele is just 42 years old, is pro-God, pro-patriotism, and has waged total war on gangs. You have to realize and read past this hype that when it says to you, when it reveals to you that he's defeating this dark enemy, It's just one side of the dialectic coming over and winning over the other. When the papacy and the Christian nationalist system took over, in fact, there's a memorial, I forget where, I think it's in Constantinople, I forget where, but it's it's part of the Roman Empire and it's like enshrined in this church. I forget the details about this, but it's a memorial of basically the Roman Empire's defeat to Christianity that is held by Rome. But really, if you know your Bible, it's really this boastful display of the counterfeit coming to light and defeating paganism, defeating the dark of the Roman Empire with the false light of the counterfeit Christian reality. There's a memorial. Like I said, I think it's in Constantinople somewhere. It's part of a church that was, or part of some temple that was built around by a church. And so it's like supposed to be like, look, you know, we... We defeated the atheist, pagan, whatever, culture with with God. But really, it's more like the the false light defeated the dark. This has been going on for a long time, folks. And this, this method of going from dark to light is happening right now. It's happening all over the world. In China, I talked about it. El Salvador, he's pro-God, pro-patriotism. He's taking care of those those gangs. Well, the government is the ultimate gang, so ultimately... It's just one gang versus another. Now, again, there are good things. Yes, we don't want gangs and we don't want, you know, public schools to be a mess. We want those things. Nationalism has always created good, seemingly good physical outcomes for the citizens of the nation. There are measurable good things that nationalism brought about. But it doesn't mean it's a good thing by any stretch of the imagination. Nationalism is evil, just as evil as communism But because most people are conservative, they want to have property, they value the family, they want to have safety. All these conservative things are part of human conscience, of of our natural desires, especially as you get older. So the thing to learn is that these things are just playing to your desires. They're playing to your desires. And that is the thing. That is the thing that's coming on the horizon. It's not a big, bad communist deep state. It is a false... Christian nationalist society where you will think that things are good and there will be results. There'll be results because the left is getting judged and all of its evils are being brought to light and things are changing. And so now we see we're doing much better than we were under the left, but you're still under the good cop. Don't you get it? The bad cop has been beating you up and punching you in the face and the good cop comes over and takes care of him. And I say, oh, thank God. Thank God the good cop's here. You're still in jail, bro. You're still in the interrogation room. 
Now the difference is that you're much more susceptible. So a couple final thoughts. Look, I, I want to wrap this up and tell you that the Bible makes a very intentional point about pointing to you what's happening at the end times, specifically the second beast coming out of the earth, which is the United States. Now that's a spoiler alert. Go watch my end times episode on that to get the full details, but it's the United States. It's a power. And that power comes out of the earth, meaning a place that's not very populated or important, becomes a superpower and works signs and wonders and deceives people into building an image, which is a representation of the first beast, which was a Christian nationalist system. And after that image is constructed, it gets exported to the world because the world will worship the image. And through that way, the kings of the earth in, Re in Revelation 17 will give their power to the woman. That is the future that's happening. The first beast was Catholicism, which is the medieval papacy. And the second beast is the United States. It's going to all start here in the U.S. because this is the country where it's all happening. The charismatic movement, Hollywood, all these influential pundits and figures like Nick Fuentes and Kanye West, the 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 just the, the alt right with with its Trump MAGA frothing at the mouth Christian biblical God's army whatever you want to call it reawaken and make it America tour all this stuff is happening here. Now the rest of the world is being primed. It's being primed so that it can receive the image. I talked about it in China. We looked at South Korea. We looked at South America just now. Europe as well. We have pre there's precedence everywhere for this to happen. But America is the light bringer. That's why we have a statue of Lucifer in New York in Ellis Island. That's not that's not Lady Liberty. There's seven rays on her head, on his head, whatever you want to call it. And he's got a threefold flame. Check it out. I talk about that in the Second Beast episode too. But we are the ones to bring the false light to the world. This is where it's going to happen. So wake up to these things because there will come a time when this system will take full power and enforce worship, obedience. That's what the mark of the beast is. It's obedience. It's not a jib-jab. It's not a chip. It's not anything physical. It'll be enforced with physical things for sure. There'll probably be some sort of digital economy that you will enter and you'll see, oh my gosh, we're so prosperous now. And you know, the, the quantum financial system and whatever else is being promised. But it's really just a way to enforce the mark and have total control over everybody. That's what it is. I want you all to remember this. The devil is not stupid. People who are, who I covered today, who are pointing to the dark being the evil side, we're against evil forces of the dark and, you know, pointing to that side of the dialectic. You do not understand the devil. It behooves you as a Christian to understand the devil and to not take him, you know, as some silly clown that is obviously evil and he's got claws and he's coming at you, big bad devil with big fangs. No, you need to understand the devil is the most subtle of all created beings. He is the most subtle of all created beings. He's incredibly intelligent. He appears as a beautiful angel of light. He knows exactly how to push you either to the left or to the right. He's a master of duality. He's a master tactician. He is a formidable foe. Jesus never made fun of the devil. Jesus never made it seem like the devil is this big, obvious thing that you can avoid. Jesus warned you about the devil. And 
if you believe that only obvious dark looking things are evil, then you do not understand evil. So you need to realize the devil is not stupid. He's not going to play his hand as if you're in on it to see like, oh, look, the deep state's falling. And so now there we go. We won. We beat the devil. <laughs> when the Bible tells you the devil is going to be worshipped at the end of the at the end of the age, the devil is not stupid, man. But these people do not understand that simple idea. They think the devil's that stupid to where you are watching all these prophets and everybody's in on it and, and watching the devil's empire being destroyed and, and then we're going to win. Christianity is going to win. Yeah, in the end it will win. But when Christ actually returns, until then, <laughs> the devil's not going anywhere. He's going to he's going to temporarily seem like he won with this false system and he will come to power. So don't underestimate the devil. Don't be stupid in thinking that the devil is stupid. The coming deception is not something that is going to be scary like the Great Reset. That's not a deception. Everybody can see through that, man. That's low-hanging fruit. The deception is the Good Reset. Do you remember what that little meme that I showed you? With the Good Reset? With the man and the woman, and they're having fun on their farm, and everything's great again. It's not the eternal state. No, it's not, no mention of Jesus or the resurrection. Just going back to good old tradition. And Catholicism, like Nick Fuentes beautifully said. Remember that a counterfeit has to look like the real deal. A good counterfeit is convincing, meaning it has some truth to it, it has quality. But it's not the truth, and that's why it's so dangerous. The Bible says to not turn to the left or to the right over 18 times. Both the left and the right are deceptions. The people on the left have been fooled by the leftist agenda, by the dark side. But the next people in line to be deceived are the ones on the right. So if you identify with that group on the right, then you will be deceived. I'm sorry to say it. I hope you're not deceived already. I hope this has maybe opened your eyes to some very important things. Because there's a lot of people who are deceived by the right. Just like the people on the left that you're laughing at and pointing fingers at and saying, look how stupid they are for following Biden or whatever other thing with their mask mandates or whatever other thing that, that, that you can point the, the left for being stupid at. You're pointing at them and saying, look how stupid and deceived they are. Wake up, right? Take the red pill. Well, guess what? Taking the red pill just crosses you over to the other side of the dialectic. If you're all about the red pill, then you need to wake up and realize, stop taking the red pill. Stop taking pills. Take yourself apart from this process and see that both sides are deceiving you. The French Revolution brought these dialectics into the world to ultimately bring people from left to right, left to right, left to right, and back to the mother church. And now they are resolving in this generation. They're resolving and coming to a head, and that's why I said there's not that much time left. I don't know how much there is, but I believe in this generation we will see these things come to pass. That's why I am so passionate about exposing these things to you and why I keep telling you to go watch my end time series so that you are mentally prepared and you have discernment. Did you not get swept up in what is coming? So stay, stay sharp, test all things. Don't get swept up in the hype. Don't cross over to the dialectic and certainly don't get swept up in the image of the beast. Oh.